Welcome to episode number 218 of the Pioneering Today podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Norris, best-selling author of three books, including my newest book to be released this January, The Family Garden Plan, founder of the Pioneering Today Academy, and melissaknorris.com. This is where we talk all about living homegrown and handmade using modern homesteading to raise, preserve, and cook your own organic food, no matter where you live or the size of your homestead. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you some very practical and timely tips where you can put your homesteading skills to use to make some quick cash. I'm also going to share some tips on how to make it a little bit quicker. And this is something you can do to raise money very quickly if you need extra funds or if you're doing it for a fundraiser, as I'm going to share the skills that I'm using and we're doing for a fundraiser, but it's especially timely when it comes to holidays. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory here, but it's all going to tie together. My daughter is in elementary school and we live pretty rurally. So we actually, for us to have a school district, we end up busing from five different towns, all bus to one location so that we have a school. And the school is still pretty small even at that. So in elementary school, we don't have any of the sports programs for basketball and volleyball. They're not funded by the school. So they're not like when you you know do school sports, they're actually through the school. They're not ran through the district. So thankfully, we have got different volunteer coaches and we've got some different programs that the kids can still have sports when they're in elementary school, even though they're not funded through the school. But for example, my daughter this year, for them to have their basketball team, they're doing a league where they get to go and we have to travel every Saturday to neighboring towns, but they actually get to play against different teams. But to be in this league, there is a fee. And because ours isn't run through a school, then the team is responsible for paying that fee so that they're able to play. And then they have to purchase their own uniforms so that they can play and be a matching team. So the fee just for them to be in the league and to get to play for the league is over $800. And not all of the families, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fairly small basketball team too. We're actually pulling together from three different grades just to have enough girls to play on the team. So not all the families obviously are going to be able to afford that fee, but we want every girl to be able to play. So we are doing fundraising to run, come up with enough money, obviously to pay our league fees and then also for the girls to have their uniforms. So we are doing a bake sale, but not just any bake sale. I know bake sales are nothing new, right? You're like, I have seen bake sales all over the place. So nothing new there. But here's where you can take homestead kitchen skills and even some non-kitchen skills. We're going to talk about those, what different things we're doing for this fundraiser. But what we're doing is around the holidays, especially Thanksgiving, Christmas, but even when you get into some of those other holidays, think, you know, Easter, Mother's Day, maybe even Father's Day, but all of the different holidays we have throughout the year where people usually get together and are food focused, where we're celebrating things, where families are coming together. And not everybody has baking skills and can bake things that are really yummy and homemade. So what we're doing is we're taking pre-orders 
for homemade pies and baked goods. And then we're going to have them all freshly baked for people to come and pick up the day before Thanksgiving. So we're going to have some items that aren't done on pre-order, um, but definitely for those who pre-order, they're guaranteed to get their items and they're going to come and pick them up at our location, which is going to be at the local grocery store. Well, fairly local. It's about 12 miles away from us. It's a neighboring town, but it's where it's our local, it's our only grocery store that's close. And so we're going to have our bake sale there. People can come and pick up their pre-orders and then we'll have extra things for people who are just in the store able to buy from the bake sale. So that is one of the components of of our fundraiser. But what has been pretty amazing, you guys, and this is where anybody... Now, with doing a bake sale as a fundraiser, people can make items in their own kitchen and we're not operating as a business. So we're not worrying about any type of food loss. Of course, we know everybody who is baking and cooking and that they are going to be practicing good sanitation and health things. I think that goes without saying. So if you weren't doing this for a fundraiser or in a bake sale, there are different cottage laws that are in effect that do allow you to bake things at home, or sometimes it has to be an approved kitchen depending upon the laws. But if you're looking at this as not as a fundraiser for a bake sale, this may be giving you some ideas how you could earn extra money using your homestead baking skills. These are some things to think about because when you usually go to like a farmer's market, they've got cottage laws that cover it. You look at the specifics. I have not actually done this at a farmer's market, but I have um, talked to different people who do it. And I know that there are cottage laws in effect that do allow you not to have a commercial kitchen and that you have to list all of your ingredients in each you know, area and state may have slightly different counties, may have slightly different laws. So definitely look into them. But if you're looking to raise some quick money then this can be an excellent way to put those homesteading baking skills to use. So for example, for our fundraiser, I am doing pumpkin rolls and the pumpkin rolls are pre-order and they are $20 a piece for the pumpkin roll. The pies are $15 a piece and those are pre-order as well. And here's where when it comes to homesteading, you do obviously anytime. Now, when we're doing a fundraiser, this is a little bit different, but I do need to account for my costs, even though I'm giving all of the, you know, everything is going to the girls team fees. I'm not going to be able to subtract my ingredient costs, but that has to come out of my own budget. And so how I came up with them, and this is something if you are in any of the, of the Pioneering Today Academy or you're in my Home Canning with Confidence course, you know that reach. In the summertime, when you can get these things that are much, much cheaper than they are this time of year, they're fresh and they're in season, either off your own land or from farmer's markets, and you put them up, you guys, this time of year, it comes in so handy. So I'm able to offer blackberry pies because we had an overabundance of blackberries this year. It was an excellent harvest for blackberries. And my whole family, kiddos and my husband and I, we all picked and I canned up about, I think it was 10. Was it 10 jars or more? <laughs> At least two runs through of blackberry pie filling. So one of my options is blackberry pie because I don't have to go and get the berries. And honestly, I'm pressed for time. So this makes it super quick for me to make these from scratch blackberry pies and get them baking that morning to deliver them fresh by 10 a.m. Because all I'm going to have to do is take my frozen dough that I've made ahead of time. And if you listened to episode number 215, just a few episodes back, to the baking hacks and tips for busy nights and how to freeze different kinds of dough, then you know that's how you batch up that pie dough and you have it ready to go. So basically, all I'm doing is 
opening a jar, dumping it into the pie shell, rolling out that top crust and popping it in the oven. Like it don't get no easier, you guys. Now, the other option that I'm giving is I am doing pumpkin rolls. And we'll talk about that one in a minute. But I'm also doing pumpkin pies. I had a fabulous year this year. It was so funny. My sugar pie pumpkins did amazing. My summer squash didn't do hardly anything. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I actually struggled to get zucchini this year. Who struggles to get zucchini? It's like the most known prolific vegetable to man, right? Well, I did this year, but my sugar pie pumpkins, they went phenomenal. So I'm able to do creamy pumpkin pie, which let me tell you, it ain't your mama's pumpkin pie. It's actually my mama's pumpkin pie recipe, but it's different than a lot of regular pumpkin pies. In fact, we had the Pioneering Today Academy members actually came to my homestead and I cooked them dinner here on the homestead as one of the perks for being a member. You get an invite to that. And my mom came down and served her pumpkin pie. And it was so much fun because I had people who are like, I don't really like pumpkin pie. But you know, when you go somewhere and you're like, oh man, like you don't want to offend anybody. So even if it's not really your favorite, you're like, you're going to take a couple bites and you're going to take some. And so we had people who are like, I don't even like pumpkin pie, but that was the best pumpkin pie I have ever had. And so I'm using my mother's pumpkin pie, but I'm doing creamy pumpkin pie because I have a lot of that as well. And so that's why I'm also doing the pumpkin rolls because this means I don't, you know, I do have to buy my flour and my sugar and my butter and cream cheese for the pumpkin roll. But the main things like the produce, I don't have to buy. Now this year, I actually didn't get an overabundance of apples. And so I just have a little bit of apple pie filling left on my pantry shelves from what I had done up the previous year. And so I'm not offering apple pies during this, like to the public, just because I don't have an overabundance of it. So this is where when you have an abundance of something, put it up. And I usually will put up a little bit more than we normally would use in a full year because I know you never know what the next year's weather is going to bring and what you're going to have. And so I had a ton of blackberries and we had a ton of extra pumpkins. I've already canned up quite a bit of my pumpkin, but I have more to make up my puree in order to make my creamy pumpkin pies and these pumpkin rolls. So not only does this cut my cost down for doing it, but I'm also batching a whole bunch of these. Like I said, I already have my pie crust dough has been batched and frozen and that makes it beautifully. I'm going to do the same thing with the pumpkin rolls and pumpkin rolls actually freeze phenomenally well. And you can make them up now and put them in the freezer for up to six to eight weeks. You could probably go even up to three months, but usually I just do them in the first part of November and then we serve them at Thanksgiving and again at Christmas. So I'm going to be making up a few pumpkin rolls every day just because I'm not going to be buying extra pans and I can only bake two at a time and then putting them in the freezer. And then when I deliver to everybody, I'll just tell them either keep it frozen until you want to serve it or just let it thaw in the fridge. The really interesting thing about pumpkin rolls though, kind of reminds me of like chili and spaghetti and some of those tomato sauce based, not in flavor, don't worry. But when it freezes, it almost intensifies in a very good way and develops the flavor even more. I actually think I prefer them when they have been frozen and then you thaw them back out and it does nothing to the texture. Like you won't be able to tell. It doesn't turn them soggy. It doesn't it doesn't affect the texture in any way, shape or form. They thaw out beautifully and then you just slice them and away you go and you serve them really good. But that's a way that you can get ahead of or even do this stuff, as I said, batching wise. And a lot of it I did in the summer, not even knowing we were going to do this type of bake cell and this fundraiser. But the other thing is you can 
charge more and people are going to be willing to have you do this stuff when you're using homemade, especially because homemade usually, I guess it depends on if you know how to bake or not. We're going to talk about that in a minute too. But when you're using homegrown things like sugar pie pumpkins, which are naturally sweeter and have a much better flavor depth than if you're using store-bought pumpkin, actually store-bought pumpkin, like from the can, when you're buying canned pumpkin pie filling or canned pumpkin, it's usually butternut squash. It's actually usually not even pumpkin, which has a fine flavor enough. Butternut squash can be used in place of pumpkin just fine. But when it's homegrown and you have cured your pumpkin properly, it makes all the difference in the texture and the flavor. You, you can't really even compare it to a lot of the pumpkins at the, that you buy at the store, even if you're making up your own puree from fresh pumpkin. Because a lot of store pumpkins are picked. This is true with almost any produce at the store, but the farmers have to pick it before it's fully ripe because they need to get it shipping and it's going to be sitting on the sh store shelves longer than if you just go out to your garden and get it. So a lot of times it doesn't have the chance to develop its full flavor. So fully cured pumpkins, and then you're making your own pumpkin puree to do all of this stuff. You guys, you won't believe the difference in flavor. It is so good. Now, if you want to learn my fast and easy way to make pumpkin puree, which involves not chopping or peeling any type of raw pumpkin, and the pumpkin is fully cooked in 15 minutes, um, in today's resources that accompany the blog post that goes with today's post, I'm going to link, I'll have the video actually in there, or you can go watch it on YouTube, but I'll embed the video in the post. So you can watch how I do that. It's super fast. Um, it does use an Instapot, but you can use a regular pressure cooker in order to cook it whole. It's so much faster than even doing it in the oven. It's the only way that I cook pumpkin anymore. But to access all the stuff, because I'm going to be giving you some more resources for you guys to dive into, you can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash 218. So just the number 218, because this is episode 218. But really with any of your baking, especially when people have sampled your stuff and you're doing this in a local environment where people know you and they've gotten to taste your things and they know that you grow a lot of your own things or that you bake and cook from scratch. You guys, I actually couldn't even put the pre-order pumpkin rolls onto the main flyer that the whole team is going to hand out. Because when I just posted it on my personal Facebook page, I got so many orders that I had to contact the coach and say, you've got to take pumpkin rolls off. I've got almost more than I can fill on my own right now on just the pumpkin rolls. <laughs> like I, I can't have them be on the main flyer. You got to take them off. So the only way you're getting the pumpkin roll is if you personally contacted me and saw that post on Instagram and or on Facebook um, and you got me your pre-order before this the coming Sunday because... But it was amazing how fast it went because there are people out there that don't know how to make it and they want it homemade and they're willing to pay somebody to do it for them. Now, ideally, they would learn, like they would taste it and be like, oh, this is so good and they would learn. But until they are ready to learn, you can actually fulfill a niche and you can do this with way more than just the pies and the pumpkin rolls like we're doing now. I have members in my baking course and within the Pioneering Today Academy that actually do bread. They do sourdough bread, which is so much fun to watch how they evolved and learn how to make sourdough bread and really enjoyed it. And then they provide homemade sourdough bread for people every single month. So there's so many ways that you can do it. Homemade croissants. Like there's, there's lots of things. I just happened to pick the pumpkin rolls in the pie for this particular fundraiser. Now, if you're like, okay, well, I'm one of those people who I don't know how to make all of that from scratch, or I don't feel like I know how to make all of it from scratch, that it would be 
good enough that I would feel comfortable, like not just serving it to people, but actually charging. Because, you know, when you charge for something, you're like, man, this really, this really has to deliver. Like it puts a little bit more pressure on, right? So if that's you and you're like, but I want to learn how to do it and maybe not even to sell it and to do as a fundraiser, but like, I want to be able to make all of those things homemade myself for me and my family and have them be really good. Then you, my friend, are in the right spot. So right now, today, we just started our holiday family bundle. It only goes through Monday, November 25th, 2019. But you get both my homemade bread and baking course, as well as my handmade masterclass on making your own traditional homemade soaps, herbal salves and balms and ointments and beeswax candles. You get all both of those courses in this bundle for over 65% off. So in that homemade bread and baking one, I show you how to make homemade croissants, which I promise you, if you've never had a homemade croissant, oh my friend, oh my friend, what you think you're getting from like Costco and some of those different bakeries and you're like, oh, I like these croissants are so good. Uh, 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 uh. Like until you've had homemade, oh my goodness, you you don't even know. And croissants are one of my absolute favorites. And I did not make croissants for a very long time. I was very intimidated by croissants. But I promise you, it's really not that much work. There's like five minutes of rolling out dough and then it goes and sits in the fridge. The actual hands-on time to make croissants is really not that much. And I break it down. I was very shocked the first time I made them. I'm like, oh man, like... I should have done this sooner. So if you're not ready to tackle croissants, don't worry. It's in there and you can do it. But how to make flaky pie crust that turns out flaky. It's easy to roll. We walk you through that. Sandwich bread, artisan bread, including sourdough, gluten-free sourdough as well, and ancient grain einkorn and fresh ground flour. We also do regular all-purpose or bread flour because I know everybody's at different spots but you can use all of those flowers and turn out delicious, amazing homemade products. And that's what I want for every single person. So make sure that you go to the show notes, melissakinoris.com forward slash 218 and grab that link because it's only for five days for you to be able to get that bundle and it's 65% off and you get both of those courses. It's pretty amazing. Go and Go and check it out. Now, if you want my pumpkin roll recipe, that is up on the blog, and I will definitely link to that, as well as my pie crust. And I've got videos that you actually just get for free if you want those recipes that are a sampling of what you get in actually inside my courses. But you can get those recipes with all of my tips to try your hand at making pumpkin roll and also making flaky pie crust. So I hope that this gave you some good ideas on things that you could do to raise money. Maybe it's just for yourself. Maybe it's for a fundraiser, but it uses your homesteading skills. The other thing that we're doing is we are raffling off some firewood. So that might not be technically a kitchen skill, but that is definitely a homesteading skill. It's knowing how to, one is to chop your firewood and to have that firewood be dry and seasoned, which is very key because green firewood ain't going to do nobody a bit of good. All you're going to get is smoke and no warmth and it will not burn good. So dry seasoned firewood is key and that's something obviously, that you're going to be chopping and putting up yourself and letting dry in season. But if you have an excess of that, 
or you have that skill set and you can get to some wood or to some logs, that can be another easy way where you can make some extra money. I know a lot of people, especially around the holidays, will sell a couple extra cords of wood. They purposely will dry and season it uh, during the, the prior season, obviously during the prior summer. And then they will sell that around Christmas time because people are needing more heat usually as we go into winter, right? And it can be a great way for them to make money. So as you develop your homesteading skills, not only will they serve you and your family on your homestead and in your everyday life because they absolutely will, but they also can be ways for you to make an income and extra money. Now, for our verse of the week, we are moving into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. And this is the Amplified Translation of the Bible. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you, who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and... Oh my goodness, that didn't come out. Let me reread that, Simeon. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you, who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. And I think you can guess as to why I picked that verse, because we are moving into the holiday season and Thanksgiving is next week, if you're listening to this as it just released. But really, Thanksgiving, of course, is a time for us to remember to be thankful and to give thanks. But it's not something that obviously we should do just on Thanksgiving or just around that holiday. And what I always find interesting is I'll come across different, I don't know if gurus is really the right word, but motivational speakers or different people. And they will say like they have a gratitude journal or every morning they're journaling what they're thankful for and what a big impact it has, you know, on their life and on their day. and. Absolutely. But what I always find funny is some of them may be Christian and some of them aren't. I don't always know. But I always think it's it's so funny because I'm like, all of these things, like that's in the Bible. Like, did you know? I, I want to say them like, did you know that was biblical? Like the Bible tells us that. And so much of what it says in the Bible, because God knows it will change our lives. And it seems like such a small thing. But when you focus on no matter, no matter what the circumstances are, and hey, we've all been in hard times. You might be going through a hard time right now. We all have things that we're struggling with, some worse than others. But no matter when you're going through a hard time, especially then, if you look for something to be thankful for, you will find it. And the, and the reverse. If you look for things to be negative and, and to find the bad things, you'll find them too. But if we shift our focus on the things that we're thankful for, and we find things to be thankful for, and we do this every day, you will be amazed because you will see more and more things to be thankful for. And that outlook really does change your life. So speaking of things to be thankful for, I am extremely thankful for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for making a difference in the world. I firmly believe that the more and more people who grow their own food, who cook their own food, I believe that we are all part of this huge, huge wave that is growing and growing. It isn't crested yet, my friends. And we are making a true change in the world 
one family, one person at a time. So thank you for being part of that community. Thank you for letting me be a part of your community and me be a part of that change. And sincerely, thank you. Thank you for being a subscriber to this podcast. I am grateful that you spent your time with me. I know how precious our time is. If you've got ways that you have used some of your homesteading skills to earn money, I would love to hear about them. I always find it fascinating how resourceful us homesteading people are. I think I'm, I'm serious, half serious, but really serious. I think there's something in our DNA of homesteaders that we are just super resourceful and we figure out a way to get it done and we're always learning. And I love that we can learn from one another. So go check all of those resources out, including our holiday family bundle. And I hope that you have a blessed Thanksgiving. So just a quick heads up. Normally, I put an episode out on every Wednesday and Friday. I'm not going to be putting an episode out next Wednesday because I'm going to be busy delivering all of those homemade baked goods and then getting ready for our own Thanksgiving, which I'm sure you're going to be as well. So just know that it is a planned little break, but don't worry. I've got amazing episodes coming up for you guys after that. So it's just going to be a very short break. So we will talk very soon. Mm -hmm.